0: Good evening everyone, do keep uh, James in open in front of you and I'll lead us in prayer. Dear Father in heaven your word is life Uh, as you have uh, spoken it, as we have heard it read, as uh, we look to you and the work of your spirit in us that we might hear it uh, and recognize it and live by it. Do this work for the glory of Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, having heard that reading from the end of James, I wonder if uh, you find yourself asking the question, what is wrong with our church? Uh, over the years, we have had plenty of people who are sick uh, across our congregations, and at the moment, there are still those who are sick, uh, and we've prayed for people, and yet they still remain unwell, and some even died. Uh, Ultimately, every person is dying. So what are we doing wrong? Uh, With James 5 in mind, uh, and churches no different than ourselves having these uh, similar experiences, I've heard a number of different conclusions drawn, always to explain why we don't see everyone sick made well. Uh, So I'm going to rattle off a few of them that I've heard. It's because we haven't seen the elders of the church around as a group or we don't anoint the sick with oil. It's because their sickness is a judgment for a specific sin and they haven't properly repented of that sin. It's because the sick who have remained so don't have enough faith or we who've prayed for them don't. It's because we need to discern on which occasions God will keep this promise that it applies to some situations and not others and we pick the wrong ones. Now they're all explanations that I've heard, things I've heard people say faced with the sickness and death of Christians and praying for their healing and coming to terms with how what appears to be said in James doesn't happen in their experience. And I don't need to tell you, do I, if you've had that experience, it can be crushing. Uh, And it can call into question God's faithfulness. But it needn't be that way. In fact, these words are comfort for the afflicted. Now, let me ask you this. Are you a details person or a big picture person? You know what I mean when I say that sort of thing? You know, the details people, they zoom in on uh, the different parts and putting them together. The big picture person, they zoom out uh, and think about, you know, the why and what's needed. And, and, and we tend, all of us, uh, in one way or another, whether by personality or by experience, we tend towards one or the other. But there are plenty of times where we need both. And reading James uh, as we are now, uh, as with the rest of the Bible, uh, this is one of those times. The details of James 5.13 to the end may draw our attention, even create discomfort for us, but we need to hear them in light of what's going on across the whole passage that Matt read, and in fact, James as a whole. And so we are going to get to five. 13 to the end because I think when you read a passage like this you know that really is like I want to understand that better. Uh, We'll do that in not too much time at all but let's zoom out first. What's the big picture here? And I wonder if you remember how James began chapter 1 from verse 2. Consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Then down in verse 12, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. You see, James is all about perseverance, uh, persevering in our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, even as we feel the pressure or the, the pull to put our trust somewhere else. And James' first hearers, the ones he was writing to, they were suffering. Clearly, they were facing trials and temptations. They were tempted to chuck him in, to rely on someone or something which makes life easier. Well, at least on the surface and we're no different (laughs) that's why James ends as he began and as we read in verses 7 to 20 of chapter 5 what is it that James wants to mark our lives what is it that he wants to mark our lives in the face of suffering what is the great measure of success in the Christian life it's the same as his letter began It's perseverance. Uh, In fact, uh, preachers have a bit of a habit of doing this, uh, finding, you know, three letters, same letters. We're going to do three Ps tonight. Three Ps I want you to keep in mind. Uh, The first is perseverance, uh, and that covers over the whole of the passage. Uh, We've already uh, named that. Uh, Then the shape of perseverance is firstly... uh, shaped by patience in verses seven to 12. And uh, we talked about that last week, didn't we? Uh, patiently waiting on the Lord to bring us finally into the new heavens and the new earth. Uh, the third P, verses 13 to 20, uh, do you think you know what it might be from hearing the passage read? Third P, called out. Yes, prayer indeed from the back row. Thank you very much. Uh, it's a call to prayer. It's about depending on God. Uh, It's a call to prayer for ourselves and especially for one another. It's a passage calling us to pray for each other when we are feeling weak and struggling to persevere. And so uh, that is the big picture. It's not in the first place and foremost about being sick or what we do when we're sick, though it may be useful when you are, but it's about the longer term about the ultimate race so that God would answer that prayer and bring us to the finish line of this life, trusting Him. As we look forward to the life to come, or as James puts it, so that we may receive from God the winner's crown. Uh, Chapter one, verse 12, the crown of life. Perseverance through patience and prayer. Like I said, we covered perseverance through patience last week. So tonight we're going to focus in on perseverance through prayer. I've I've put to you the big picture. Now let's look at the details that stand with it and why I've said what I've said. So let me read from verse 13 again and uh, do look on in front of you uh, with me. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Uh, Well, first of all, is anyone among you in trouble? Sort of banner that sort of kicks off what we read here. But as we get, uh, burrow down into the detail, the word sick there in verse 14 has as its main idea, uh, a broader idea of weakness behind it. And that can refer to physical weakness and so sickness, or it can refer to an inward weakness, a weakness of the will. Uh, it has a range of meaning, what specific meaning you choose uh, for this depends on the context, you have to look at what's going on and where. Again in verse 15, the word sick is there in our NIV, but this word has as its main idea behind it, it's got the idea of weariness and it's only used in the Bible to speak of weariness in the Christian walk, of being coming discouraged. And thinking about giving up again which particular English word you choose uh, for this case depends on your context and look you know I'm I'm pursuing this with you and it's one of those things that's been up for question because there are reasons to pick one way or another Uh, but what I'm persuaded by is well before I come to that we've talked about the reason for prayer here uh, where some interpret this as physical illness. Uh, Others land on spiritual weakness or weariness. Uh, But we'll come back to that in just a moment. We've touched on the reason. What will be the result? In verse 15 again, they will be made well. This time the word well has as its main idea behind it uh, being saved. And so it can mean to heal, and in the Gospels, that's common. Uh, But in the rest of the New Testament, it's generally applied to the bigger picture, to life instead of death, uh, to being rescued by God rather than being condemned by God, to the great work of Jesus through his life and death and resurrection. Again, you have to work out what it means when you're a translator. Does it go from here this word to that word? or a different word. And there's a similar last case of this again in verse 16. Uh, Therefore confess your sins uh, to each other and pray uh, for each other so that you may be healed. So again, this can mean healing from physical illness too, but it also is used to picture, well, something bigger than that, a restoration from sin and judgment. And so why would you read James five thirteen to 16 as about salvation uh, uh, when you're experiencing spiritual weakness or weariness rather than healing from physical illness well I think the second has several problems healing from physical illness that is not least being those that you know, I was alluding to earlier those things which are part of our experience like sickness and death that people aren't healed from, and in that way, that is consistent with the whole uh, expectation God gives us throughout the Bible. Uh, That sickness and death remains with us in this age. If even just one of those words, lying behind sick or behind well or behind healing was limited only to physical sickness, then that would lock it in down that path. But if they have a leaning here uh, in James, because of the context, I actually think they lean the other way. This is a command to seek prayer when we're feeling weary in the Christian life, when we're struggling to persevere. Did you notice too the way it unfolds? Uh, It's actually about praying for each other. Uh, I'll come back to that in a minute. Oh and as far as the oil goes, people have Given this some thought anointing with oil was a sign of setting someone apart for something and so uh, it can be read here is anointing someone uh, as a recommittal to god so if i bring those things together uh, let me paraphrase uh, what james says is any among you in trouble let them pray is anyone happy Let him sing songs of praise. Is any of you stumbling in your faith? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil, setting them apart for renewed service of God. And the prayer offered in faith will rescue the weary person. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be restored in your faith now something is absolutely uh, fundamental here whatever you do pray and if you feel like your trust in the Lord Jesus is coming unhinged whether it's through doubts or fear or feeling isolated or hassled because of your Christian conviction Or because of the brokenness that sickness brings as we experience uh, and the grief of death. And you think to yourself whether whether God's really worth it or can pull it off uh, or whether you should give up on God. Pray, but don't just pray, as in pray for yourself, enlist your brothers and sisters in Christ to pray. That's what James is saying. Actually, uh, it's another reminder of how the Christian life is more like footy than golf. Okay, I've named two sports that I can't play competently, uh, you know, at all. Uh, but you know the difference between golf and footy, don't you? Uh, golf, you can play on your own, you don't need a team. But to play footy, you know how it ends. God has given us life and faith in Jesus to play the team game. And so personally, enlist those God has given you to pray for you. And collectively, let's pray for those who need our prayer. And so talk to those who are your leaders uh, and ask us to pray for you whether it's your growth group leaders, your youth group leaders, your serving team leaders, the elder uh, people, men and women among us, don't think you have to stand alone. In fact, given the urging here in James, why would you? Ask us to pray for you and with you. And for the people that you are speaking to, Uh, and enjoying conversations and life together with, why don't you take the initiative to commit to continue in prayer for the other, to encourage them and to serve the Lord Jesus, uh, pray that they will serve the Lord Jesus despite hardship and despite your difficulties. Sometimes people presume, I or you, uh, that we are busy In fact too busy uh, to have an individual conversation or to pray together but what could be more important than praying together for perseverance and to have our weakness strengthened and our doubts met and listen to this if you're stumbling because of a particular sin against god or a a pattern of repeated sin. The steps you're taking at this point, the prayer that entrusts your weariness to God, is a prayer God can and will answer. Uh, You might not even feel like it at the time because you're sort of zoned in on the now, but the measure is really whether uh, he carries you to the end. That's the very character of perseverance, isn't it? where he saves us from throwing in the towel or chucking in our trust in him. God is promising here. He will keep this promise to answer that prayer. Now, a particular area of sin which may be such a burden on your mind, it will be dealt with. The same way the Lord Jesus deals with all our sin. For those who trust in him, wiped away, forgiven, raising us up on the day when the Lord Jesus returns. What James is saying is, God has given us each other as a powerful antidote against falling away. Uh, Maybe that's the wrong way of putting it. Trusting ourselves to his controlling hand is the antidote to falling away. Uh, Bringing before him our concern for one another is the antidote to falling away. And in both cases, what makes all the difference? He does. He does. If we trust that, then we'll... We should be rushing to confess our sins to each other and to pray for each other because such a crucial part of how he prevents us from falling away is to give us each other. But all that is by the by, James told us this in chapter one, if we don't act. It's all very well to pray the confession here at church, as we uh, frequently do at night church, after all, you know, that prayer of confession is a form of confessing our sins to one another, but in a group this size, and certainly in that prayer, uh, uh, you could come, you could go, you could say the words, you could mean the words, but not really have engaged with another person. Now, maybe this isn't the right place uh, uh to confess to everyone at a more specific level but it's our smaller groups that are ideal for this. When we're meeting in our growth groups or uh, getting together with two or three other people to read the Bible and pray so we as a church we already have an ideal place suited to being real with one another. Have you taken up that opportunity? Uh, First, to be in such a group, Uh, I think Dave's going to mention a little later, growth groups are starting up again for the year across all the ages and stages, and so, well, if the Word of God thinks they're a good idea, we do too. Uh, But then to confess your sin and to share with others when you're struggling in the Christian walk and to pray for each other, have you taken up that opportunity? Let me ask you this, when was the last time you confessed your sin to another Christian? I mean, were real with another person about where you stood before God and open up the blinds and let the light shine in places that hasn't shone for some time? Uh, what is it they say? Uh, light is the best disinfectant. James in his letter, he's named Specifics that he was worried about for us. Some of them we didn't get to this time around doing our James in January series, we will another time, the loose lips uh, and gossip uh, fall under that category. But we did get to not treating people differently because of what they can do for you. Uh, And that it's not enough to be able to talk the Christian talk, we need to walk the talk. And it takes humility, doesn't it? Uh, Humility, which has been so much on James's lips in his letter. The good news about Jesus is humiliating. Because as it's good news, it highlights just how bad uh, our sin is and is for us. And so it takes humility, humility before God. But what James has also said here is it takes humility Uh, By me before you. in the same way, humility for you before me. Are we willing to show that humility? The promise of God is that confessing sin to one another and prayer for one another will prevent us from falling down and not getting up again. Now, in the experience uh, I've had of people and churches, I've noticed a number of times and in a number of ways, uh, a a bit of a pattern, Uh, I'm not saying it's widespread, but it does exist and it's what I call shop front Christians. And what I mean by that is, is they're people who come to church and by their actions and by what they say, it seems they think uh, they have to appear a particular way to other people if they're going to present as a Christian, like everything in the shop window has to be appealing and in the right place for you to go in. But at the end of the day, they never really let anyone in. Worse still, and again, I'm not saying this is everyone or necessarily widespread, but it's happened enough for me to share it with you. The way they think they should appear is nothing like what God expects. Appearing as if they've always got it together and everything is peaches and cream and they're upright and moral. Because what can sometimes happen is that the sin or the doubts or the struggle they've tried to keep behind locked doors becomes so obvious in one part or another of their life that they can't keep it hidden anymore. And because it didn't fit their shopfront Christianity, which was their expectations, not actually God's expectations, they leave. They chuck in the faith. And they say they tried trusting the Lord Jesus, but it didn't work for them. Can you see how terrible that is? And it's not something terrible God is doing. It's something that we we can terribly... Uh, deceive ourselves in that we've got to keep up appearances but actually what James is saying is no drop the appearances be real with one another we of all people on the planet are the people who know and understand we sin and we haven't got it all together church is a place to be real to have the shop front and the warehouse match up Our growth groups are a place to get down in the trenches with each other. The relationships you have with other Christians, they are far more than friendships. And the best thing we can do for each other is to be aware of the enemy advances and to pray to our Father in heaven to put them down. And here, he promises that he will. And he promises... That he will see us to the end under him we may persevere because what god wants for us and from us he gives us and he certainly wants us to persevere in our trust in him now there's plenty more that we could look at and say together in uh, james 5 tonight uh, but i just want to uh, take us to the end of the passage where James goes on to show just how wonderful our relationship with each other is because of our relationship with God. From verse 19, my brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring back that person, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their ways will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. The Lord God may use you and me like an instrument in the hands of a skilled tradesperson. Verses 19 to 20, they go hand in hand with verse 16, as we confess to and pray for each other. He may use us to save each other from death and judgment through the Lord Jesus. What an incredible way that James finishes his letter. A letter that began on the note of sticking at it, that persevering in the gospel, that is real about, that can be hard. And promised that if anyone lacks wisdom, wisdom to persevere. Do you remember the, the promise in chapter one? He or she should pray for it and God will give it to you. What we need, God wonderfully gives us. Wisdom from above, wisdom to persevere. And now here at the end of James, we end in the way we began. Persevere, persevere through patience and through prayer. And by God's work in us, may we be people who do just that. Let's pray and ask God to do that. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you uh, for such an insightful and encouraging and a challenging as well as a comforting word. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you would enable us to persevere. Grant us the will when we Uh, at times fail to pray, to pray, when we are weary, when we have doubts, when we are feeling conflicted or afflicted. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you would meet our greatest need, bring us to that success that matters above all other successes, that we might persevere in our trust in you, and receive the crown of life which you've wonderfully given to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.